We invested around like um, 10 million baht into this ventures. I started since day one, designed the logo, think of the name, hired first employee. And I'm also the one that fired all the employee. They didn't do anything wrong, but then the company is not surviving. Cash flow was negative since it was started, never become positive until I was shutting the company down. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To reduce risk in your lives, go to myworstinvestmentever.com today and take the risk reduction assessment. I've created from the lessons I've learned from all of my guests. It's time to start building wealth the easy way by reducing risk. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy. And I'm here with featured guests, Natapon, Wimon, Chalau. Natapon, are you ready to rock? Yes, yes, I'm ready. I'm happy to have you on the mission. Let me introduce you to the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, Natapon, or we're going to call him by his nickname, Golf, is the CEO of Siam Rachatani Public Company Limited, sourcing business personnel and rental business. The company started as an agricultural business and later expanded to outsourcing services. Now it is the leading outsource service company in Thailand. Natapon has a bachelor's degree in physics from the University of Manchester. He finished his master's degree in technology policy micro and nanotechnology enterprise from the University of Cambridge. Golf, take a minute and tell us about the value that you bring to the world. Oh, that's, that's hard. Like through our company, we just want to use our outsourcing capabilities so that our customers can focus on their core business and all the support functions, SO can help take care. So that's, I'm projecting my values to the world through our company's work. What kind of company or let's say individual, you know, what kind of pain are they feeling that they would say they need your services? Yeah. So something that distracts them from their core business, for example, hospital. Hospital is set up to give the patients the best care they could, not trying to find valet services, not trying to find, you know, the administrators that's sitting on the desk telling the sick patients where to go and give them more information. We supply all that and also payroll. So all those supporting functions that the core business, we try to get that out of your way so you can really spend 100% of your effort on what you actually set up the company to do, right? And just like that, hospitals should be more focused on curing patients, not doing all the support functions. That's so true. I know a lot of CEOs are so frustrated with having to deal with admin and all that stuff when they just constantly feel like, I just want to get back to what we've been doing, what we started to do. So great, great service. And for those people that are in Thailand, I'll have links in the show notes to the service so that you can check it out. So now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. All right. So, you know, it's actually the experience I had before I joined SO. It was a polymer compounding company. We are looking at ways to create more value through our compound because we think polymer compounds are becoming a commodity. So we, one of the things that we look at was medical devices. 
So when we want to look at medical devices, we want to set up a medical device training firm first. So we can see the market before we actually build a factory to take our pellets, pull them a compound pellets and create it into a finished product, right? We invested around like um, 10 million baht into this ventures. I started since day one, designed the logo, think of the name, hired first employee. And I'm also the one that fired all the employee. They didn't do anything wrong, but then the company is not surviving. Cash flow was negative since it was started, never become positive until I was shutting the company down. So, you know, I have no one else to blame. It's just me, 100%. But um, I was just really fresh out of university. And all my experience was, I was an engineer at Procter & Gamble. It was their fast track before. And I thought I would be able to make it because I went to one of the best school in the world, doing one of the hardest subject in the world. I went to one of the best company in the world known for doing manufacturing. It was a fast track. I thought I would never fail. But, you know, being a CEO and a leader of a company, is, it's really different. And you need to keep your eye open. And, and the scary thing is sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And that's, that's really on your blind spot. And it's really hard to... And, you know, looking back, right, even though I, I lost 10 million baht, right, and it's not even my money, it's, that's what's making it even worse. Is from the family office trying to set us up. This was really what making me a better leader through all these failures and, and reinventions and try to rescue it and try to find that this is what I don't know, I don't know. And now it's causing the company to collapse, right? And I've learned a lot. One of the things I learned a lot is that, you know, managing a startup, mid-sized company, a listed company, a multinational company is really different. And someone who is successful at one doesn't mean that they will be successful at another because it's literally like a different animal. The way you use your resources, the way you organize your organization is totally different. And that's one of the key learning I do. You know? And then, yeah. So I hired my, my, um, the person that, who I thought could lead this from a world-class medical device company. And she never worked in a smaller startup. She always worked at the big multinational medical device companies. And the way she goes about it is totally wrong from day one. A lot of costs involved, a lot of processes that could be done by one person instead of hiring five. Because, you know, that's how the setup was. When, when you're a really big company, you have one for each role. And one that's trying to do everything and keep the cost down and try to really understand product market fit. And I didn't keep track on the finance, right? It's a failure for a CEO to not know that you're burning like three, 400,000 baht per month because your second command that you hired to set up this company is hiring a lot of people, right? So I was busy visiting hospitals, talking to doctors and telling them about the technical knowledge about the machines. And she was hiring all the back-end staff, which, which I agree to as well, right? But for the first two, three, and I, I asked her, you know, I took you from a really big company. I should trust you. So whatever you do, I trust, just do it. Right. And that's another failure I did. So uh, many things, you know, mm -hmm. maybe you're an experienced interviewer. Maybe you can squeeze <laughs> out of me and, and make it more structured. I'm just one uh, question yeah. is, you know, if someone looks at you right now, as well as looks at your background, your education, it's, uh, you know, you're a successful person. You're a smart person. Can you remember the moment that you kind of knew that you had to close this thing, that it, it wasn't going to work? 
Yeah, was it, there like a worst moment or a worst day? It was really, really bad. Before this, I was I always did really well, you know, through university, through my work at professional companies, you know, like so. So I thought I expect success from this, right? And a lot of people expect me to do well as well from all the past successes. That's not relevant. And it was I actually had to think, right? I can try and waste two more of my years trying to grow this company, right? Or I can go do something else, but I have to admit that I fail a company and I have, I have run a company for, since its foundation to its closing down all on my own and have that as a big wound in my like so-called historical performance. Mm. But then, you know, after sitting down, I realized that I could be doing a lot more impactful things rather than doing medical device. Because after learning about the industry, it's not as great as people from the outside looked. And I didn't I don't think any medical device company is a good business, to be honest, for me, right? It's mm. it's hard to scale. And a lot of the work is about how do you do you please a single doctor that is really demanding. So maybe and they can like medical doctors, you're not allowed to make an appointment. So you need to go there and wait for him. So sometimes in one day you can only meet one doctor. And it's a total waste of time. So with that in mind, I decided that I better shut this down and do something else. But then I also learned that maybe something that looks great from outside, you know, you see that, you know, the cost of the micro device is X, but you sell it 4X. You know, there's a reason for this 4X, right? It's the (laughs) difficulty of dealing with the clients, which is the medical doctor. Yep. Maybe I'll just summarize a couple of things I take away. I mean, the one thing you talked about was coming from big business and it's almost always a recipe for disaster because at big business, you just have so many resources at your hand. You need five new staff that are highly qualified. You just talk to their human resource department. You need to look at the financial statements and breakdowns of your division. You just talk to the finance guys. But when you're doing business on your own, you're doing everything. So that's kind of a great lesson for the listeners out there to think about if you're setting up a business, be careful about inviting people who have experience in big business because they may be shocked when they find out that there's not a lot of support. The second thing that I took away is that to be successful in business, brains are not enough. It's a combination of many things to get it right. The way you work with people, the products that you choose, the way you build out a sales team, you know, so many things come together. And, you know, brains and even experience, as we've talked about in big business, is not enough. It's all got to come together. And the third thing is you mentioned about finance. And I think one of the things that I've seen is a lot of CEOs and a lot of business people, their finances are a mess. Their accounting and finance is just not delivering the financial statements and things that they need to really understand their business. And in many cases, they may not want it to be clear because it's scary what it shows. So those are some of the things I take away. Anything you would add to that? Not really. I think it's spot on. So let me ask you, what is your number one goal for the next 12 months? Number one goal? So I want to scale our technology divisions to have a sizable income from our human resources fees. Yeah. So that's my goal. I can tell you a little bit about SO which is mm. our ticker symbols Please. for hours. Yeah. So, so we have 10,000 staff working as an outsourcing employees for our customers in totally different field, right? And, you know, and we, we start to develop our own technology stack 
to put inside that so we can manage our staff more efficiently. And then our customer sees it and they want to use it too, right? So it gives me a really good idea that SO is basically a really big sandbox for a technological startup, right? A technological startup, you can really scale it quite a bit because you don't need, you don't have, you don't have a lot of capex. You can just, yeah, you don't need human to work on it. Once you post on a server, it can grow. So it's something that I want to start growing. But then when we first build that technology stack for ourselves, right? It's just for ourselves. The flexibility are not there. The load is not there. So we build everything in a monolith layer rather than microservices. So you have a lot of scalabilities. And when you've a certain module fails, you cannot split it. So you can fix a certain modules. So we're doing that right now. And it's quite hard to transform a company that's really good with the people, really efficient into a tech company. And now the tech talent are really rare. So, so that's my goal for the next 12 months to really scale our technology divisions and to make it a sizable income, which is sizable, meaning more than double-digit contribution to our revenue. Fantastic. It's interesting because you're talking about really developing software that you're using and then starting to apply it to your customers. That gets you a whole new level of feedback that allows you then to improve that software and then really, you know, have something that can bring value to companies. So that's exciting. And we start from, we start from within, you know, to be honest. So um, we see this pain for us. When we created it, we know the return from us reducing that cost is already worth it in building software. So we never once in our cycle burn money to create a software and try to create a user base, right? So we already test product market fit with us because we have so many customers from different fields. Mm-hmm. And once they start using it, we see there's a fit there. And once you see there's a fit there, you can invest a lot in, in actually scaling it, right? Yep. Exciting. Well, there you have it, listeners. Another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't yet taken the risk reduction assessment, I challenge you to go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and start building wealth the easy way by reducing risk. As we conclude golf, I want to thank you again for coming on the show and joining our mission. On behalf of A. Stotts Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Just don't give up. <laughs> yes, that's really important because to be honest, like my worst failure, uh, the thing that really drives me forward now and every single success I have now it's that worst failure, actually a big part of it that shape who I am today. So please just work on. And even in how big the failure seems to be at that moment, when you look back in five or 10 years time, it's really little, yeah, reflecting back. You know. mm. Great words of advice. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow and protect our wealth. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is about one guest, one story, one mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.